a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> you are listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm Pastor hey, hey. Evan Gigline, here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. And a special uh, welcome to our Rogue River listeners. Fantastic. Congratulations on uh, the radio station there. <laughs> Yes. K-Life. What is it? <laughs> the K- Bridge. Awesome. 94.3 The Bridge, KRRC. Yep, yep. broadcasting uh, live from your uh, closet or your <laughs> guest room true. or your basement. I got, I, got a little, I got a little microphone in the closet and just get on the air <laughs> once in a while. Uh, no, That's um, fantastic. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River has um, started a new radio station in our town in southern Oregon and uh, now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Uh, we're doing 12 hours of Christian talk radio during the day and 12 hours of music uh, throughout the night, as well as a lot of um, uh, small-town uh, sports and news and weather and all that kind of thing, too. So uh, a nice little project for our church, and I think it'll be helpful. And uh, for those of you listening in Rogue River, this is Table Talk Radio. Um, we have been hosting Table Talk Radio for, what, six years, Pastor, or something well, like that? I don't know. Too it's long. Aw- whatever how the psalm says, world without end, amen. <laughs> That's we can't get right. out of it, apparently. It's true. Both of us have been a six-year hunt for a different co-host. Totally <laughs> failed. It's like a life sentence without parole is what it is. Table Talk Radio, though, is a little bit different, so we probably should spend a little bit of time at the beginning here talking about what our actual uh, thing that we do is. That We call ourselves a theological game show, the world's second most popular Lutheran theological game show on the radio, uh, and we play various and different theological games, and the point is to teach both discernment and the Scriptures as we do it. So the games don't really matter. They're just a ruse. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. yeah, and and we answer your theological questions also uh, by if you send an email to questions at tabletalkradio.org, and um, we usually start off the show with a couple buzzwords. Uh, yeah, the buzzword. The way the buzzwords go is we uh, announce the buzzword, and the <laughs> other person tries to work that word, that theological word, into their conversation in the next hour, and if they do, they get tons of points. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the points are so valuable. Mm. Yeah, My buzzword for you is prayer. So prayer is bringing our petitions to God, standing in His throne room and asking Him for the things that we desire or the things that we need. Prayer. Okay. My theological buzzword for you is creed. Um, that's a Latin word, uh, which means I believe. So this is as simple as it gets. 
creed is a, pre- a profession of what an um, individual or a church believes. Now, there are some people who are opposed to creeds, saying that, um, no, we only have the Bible. Now, if you say that you believe we should only have the Bible, that is a creed. Yeah, that's right. Something <laughs> you believe. Right. Now, we say, we say that Jesus has, in fact, not only given the opportunity, but also the obligation for the church to confess its faith when he says, for example, Matthew 10, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father who is in heaven, and whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. So whenever error creeps into the church, the true um, the, the believers, those who treasure the Lord's Word, stand up and say, hey, we don't believe that to be true. Now, if you, if you have a hard time sleeping at night, you need something to lull you to sleep, you can go to our website, tabletalkradio.org, and click on the podcast tab and listen to our past episodes, and you'll be asleep in no time. 758 of them. <laughs> no. Something like that. No, 300 and something. 758. It just sure. seems like that many. It does. Are we going to do emails today? Yep, I nope. got one. Okay. Oh, where did it go? I had one. Here it is. Uh, this is uh, orthodoxy. Oh, so we should say what we're going to do today. We're going to e- email, and we did buzzwords. We did email. We're going to play for the rest of the game. We're going to play Bible B uh, slash Law and Gospel, and we have a special treat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and th- th- that is Pastor Flammy, my uh, the other pastor here at Hope Lutheran Church, uh, has a waiting for him in his office. When he opens his door, it's going to knock over a handful of books that are going to trap a air horn under a. <laughs> box. This is April Fool's today that we're recording this. I already got him once. I duct taped it to the bottom of his desk, so when he tried to close his desk drawer, he almost fell out of his chair. (laughs) And then, like a fool, like an inexperienced pastor, he left that air horn in his office. So there is a good chance that he'll be arriving back in his office during the recording of the show. I'm I'm picturing him opening the door, knocking off a marble, which hits a bunch of dominoes, which rolls across the room. It's not that complicated, but I put just about every... uh, uh, volume of the Church Fathers on top of this box. <laughs> so so when the box slips off the book, it'll trigger the horn, and it'll take him, I think, a while, hopefully, to figure out what's going on and <laughs> dig through the thing to turn the horn off. Nice. At which point, I would expect a visit from him. So we might have a guest on the show today. That'd be great. Now, I, what I picture, <laughs> Pastor Fanny has been there for, what, six months or something like that? Oh, almost a year now. Oh, yeah. is that right? Nine oh, months. I guess so. Time flies. Yeah. So I, I picture in his office, oh, yeah, here's a picture of my ordination. My first divine service. Here's a picture of my first baptism. My first confirmand. And here's a picture of my first April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah, air that's horns right. there on the day. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like so it. So here, so that's the show. So we got an email from Michael. It says, "If the other person who listens to Table Talk Radio already raised the issue, I apologize. The Greek word doxa means belief or faith, but it has come to connotate praise. Doxologies are statement of faith in God that He has revealed as He has revealed Himself." Insofar as psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, prayers, creeds, etc. are statements of orthodox belief, do they fall into the category of doxologies? And is it too much of a stretch to assert that doxologies, given their sound doctrinal content, are the only true form of praise? It seems to me that separating praise from right or straight belief is a great part of what ails the contemporary church. Mm -hmm. Michael. Yeah, he makes a good point. So that... um we're talking about the orthodoxy, right? The, the right praise, and or the straight praise, you might say, uh, like the orthodontist is making your teeth straight, um, and so that our praise should be uh, uh, rightly confessing the the God that we have, and so not all 
praise is uh, is equal, <laughs> right? So that we want to make sure that the the praise that we have for our God is uh, is true. Now, see, I think part of the problem is is that we have understood um, the praise of God to be just our um, affection, our emoting towards a God that we love. When in actuality, when we read through the scriptures, uh, the praise of God has always been the telling of what he has done for us. So the people of Israel talk about the God who who rescued them out of the land of Egypt through the waters of the Red Sea, who drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh. And now, so the the right praise that we have of our God is the one who became uh, human flesh and blood, died on the cross for our sins, and rose again on the third day, uh, redeeming us back to himself. Now, if that's what God has done for us, our praise is not just how much I love the Lord. Our praise is uh, telling of the gospel, telling of right. what Jesus has done. That's right. Jesus says, uh, John chapter 12, which we just finished Passion Week last week, so Jesus uh, said uh, regarding his suffering and his death, now the Son of Man is glorified, so that his glory is his death on the cross uh, for us. It's his suffering and it's pain. It's the it's our salvation is God's glory. So, so that when we when we have doxology or when we glorify God, when we speak rightly the words of His glory, it means we're speaking the gospel, the truth of the scriptures. So, so that's right. Praise is you, you are a hundred percent right that praise has been kind of lost as this um, uh, as an emotive thing and disconnected from the truth. But yeah, so, you you do not have the glory of God without the truth of the gospel. Th- this is this is the. Um, the, the fascinating thing, the wonderful thing, when the scriptures talk about singing a new song, uh, the new song isn't just that, boy, this this hymn is 50 years old, we ought to find a new one to sing. I'm getting kind of tired of it. No, it's that <laughs> there's the new song is the new thing that God has done in Christ, in That's contrast right. to the saints of old. When they were looking forward to the promised Messiah to come, the new song we get to sing is the song that Christ has come and redeemed us. He has fulfilled his promise, redeemed us from our sins, and guaranteed us uh, uh, salvation in heaven with him. That's right. Okay. That's right. Well, Hey, thanks, Michael, for that email. Yeah, thanks. If you have a question for us, you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652 is the number. When we get back from this upcoming commercial break, we're going to be playing a little game called Law and or Gospel and Bible Bee. That's a fun game where we read a verse of the Bible and you have to guess where in the Bible, which book it comes from. And then we'll be talking about what law and gospel is and how it's properly applied as well. Uh, you can visit our website at tabletalkradio.org is our website. We have uh, our past shows on there. Um, also, some articles that Pastor Wolfmuller and myself have written. I think I've written one. You've written like a bazillion. And yeah, uh, someone's pulling all their weight around here. <laughs> and we also have a fantastic uh, merchandise shop where you can buy T-shirts, doggy dishes, aprons, maternity shirts, all the things you've ever wanted with a Table Talk Radio logo on it. Uh, that's at tabletalkradio.org. When we get back from this break, more Table Talk Radio coming your way. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
Serious Theology, Seriously Bad Hosts. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You know, the Table Talk Radio base has really grown. We have uh, now KRRC in Rogue River, Oregon. We have KNGN in McCook, Nebraska, and PirateChristianRadio.com. Boy, what's going to happen? I mean, we are sweeping the nation. (laughs) We have more affiliates than we have listeners. It's true. true. (laughs) Weird. All right, so we're going to play a game called Law and or Gospel, and Pastor, why don't you take us away with how this game works, the, the rules right. of the game. Yep, so first, we this is a super game, which is combo of two games. First is Bible B, which we might expand Bible B, since we're going to be playing it the whole time. Now, normally Bible B is a uh, two-person per, two game. We, we pick round one, three verses of the Bible. Guess what book they are from, and if you get the book right, then you get to say if it's law or gospel. More on that soon. The second round is one verse. The third round is one word, and you try to guess that. Now we might play. Uh, what if we we'll play uh, this segment? We'll play three verses. Next segment we'll play one verse, and then the last segment we'll play one word. So how how's that for expanding the game? Now the key is the second part, which is law and or gospel, and we understand that the Lord speaks to us really with two distinct words. He gives us commands, and he gives us promises. He gives us stuff to do, and then he reports to us the things that he has done. Uh, the law is the stuff that we are to do, summarized in the Ten Commandments. And because we are sinners, the law always condemns us. In fact, the important thing to notice is that the law cannot save. There's no salvation from the law for our obedience, from our earnestness, from our keeping God's commandments. The commandment shows God's wrath over sin. The gospel, on the other hand, is a promise, the free promise of the forgiveness of all of our sins won for us by the death of Jesus on the cross. So the gospel doesn't demand anything. It only gives. It doesn't, it doesn't condemn at all. It only forgives. The gospel is unconditional. Uh, the, the beautiful promise that we are righteous in the sight of God because of the death of Jesus on the cross, before we were even born. Uh, God accomplished our salvation, and he brings us that salvation in the promise of the gospel. So when we, when we uh, listen to the scriptures, when we do our devotions at home, when we listen to sermons, when we go to church, uh, whenever we're dealing with theological things, we want to be asking the question, is this law or is it gospel? Uh, and or gospel, a little bit of both perhaps, and, uh, and we want to be able to hear them clearly. Now, this is so important, this distinction between law and gospel, because if you confuse law and gospel— if you mix them up together, then the thing that you lose is the gospel. Hmm. Uh, a little bit of law makes the gospel into law, just like a little bit of horse poop <laughs> makes water into diluted horse poop, <laughs> or a little bit of poison makes wine into diluted poison, you see? So uh, so now, now that's not to say that the law is bad, the law is good, but it just doesn't save. It's not given for the purpose of salvation. It's given for the purpose of showing us our need for Christ. I, I oftentimes when I'm talking about this to people who maybe hearing it for the first time, uh, then say, "Oh, so then the Old Testament is law and the New Testament is gospel, right?" Hopefully, that's one of the good points of this game is that we realize that law and gospel are the way the Lord always speaks from the very beginning, beginning in the Garden of Eden to the very end in the Book of Revelation. The, these two words, law and gospel, are found in every place. 
Okay, uh, one, one more question on that, Pastor, and then we'll play the game. Um, is there is there a particular word of God, law, or gospel that is to be spoken at certain times? Well, yeah, this is so. Um, we see this in the prophets, uh, especially with Jesus, in the apostles as well. Is that the, um, there's a certain audience for the law? There's a time when you're ready for the law, and there's a time when you're ready for the gospel. And and this is a bit of a complicated thing, but to kind of keep it simple, the the hardened uh, sinner who's proud, arrogant, etc., they need to be cast down by the work of the law. And the contrite and humble, those who know their sin and are afraid of God's wrath, those who are, have a terrified conscience, they are ready for the sweet news of the gospel. And so that's a general way that we distinguish who law and gospel is for. Ah, very good. Okay, well, I have a round one for you. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's see, you get three verses. One, two. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Uh, for I gave you an example that you also should do as I did, uh, as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, neither is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you do not know these things, you are blessed if you do if you do them. All right. Now, you that's know three verses? Things, yeah. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Yeah, I got it. Now, this sounds uh, an awful lot like the words of Jesus. What, what, uh, what, what tipped you off? The truly, truly, I say to you? <laughs> it is nice that you have that. Jesus is the only one who puts the amens at the beginning. That's what it is in the Greek, amen, amen, I say to you. Uh, we have to put the amen at the end. Jesus puts the amen at the beginning. <laughs> amen, I say to you, this is going to be a true thing. Uh, and he says that often. We have that all through the Gospels. So this could be either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Now, this sounds like what Jesus says in the context of his washing his disciples' feet. So uh, this would be on the night before Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, when he, uh, we have a long talk with the disciples, he institutes the Lord's Supper, uh, where he gives them the, his body and his blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of their sins. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, prays, and is arrested and goes on his trials all through the night. Uh, and one of the things that he does after supper is he stands up from the table and he takes off his robe and he puts on a towel and he goes around and he washes his disciples' feet. And Peter has this great problem with it. He says, no, Lord... Uh, I shouldn't. You shouldn't wash my feet. I should wash your feet. Jesus says, "If you don't, if if I don't wash you, you have no part of me." So forth. And then he sits down at the table and he says uh, words uh, that uh, seem like an awful lot like the words that you read to me. Now, this, while the Lord's Supper is t- taught to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and First Corinthians, the washing of the disciples' feet is only in the Gospel of John. So my guess is, what is the Gospel of John? You are right, sir. Woo. So you get four points. Why? 100 points. Did you explain you that? Even, I th- yeah. No, oh, you yeah. don't even know. <laughs> I thought when we... <laughs> I don't know. Just, I've actually never gotten points from Bible <laughs> before, so... Okay, I'll give you 100 points. Thank you. I feel bad. Okay, now, here's the tougher question, though. Is that law and or gospel? Well, so it's it's both in in this way. Jesus says, "I've done these things for you." That's gospel. That Jesus would humble himself to wash his disciples' feet, and you have to imagine. Peter says, "No, no, no, Lord, it, far be it from you 
to do the, this work that's even below the dignity of a, of a disciple. It's, it's slave's work. You can't do slave's work. You're the Lord. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm, I must do this for you. That is the purest and most wonderful gospel, that Jesus came to not to be served, but to serve. Now, Jesus, though, sets his Christians to serve one another. Now, this is, this is so wonderful. The gospel sets us free from the obligation of serving God. In other words, God doesn't need anything from us, and his, his wrath is completely satisfied. So now he sets us free to love one another, and that's the law. So he says, you will do these things to each other. We won't wash the feet of God, but we will wash the feet of one another, and that is our Christian life of love, which is law. It is such a fascinating thing that here we have uh, the Lord God Almighty uh, himself in the flesh, uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, you would think then when God comes down, you know the billboard you see that says, don't make me come down there, signed God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when you're like, oh man, I don't want him to come down here. I'll be in big trouble. And so when he comes down, <laughs> he doesn't come wielding the sword, chopping off our heads because of our sin. He is coming and says, hey, I'm here to serve you. Yeah. He, he's not, hey, guys, demanding that you guys need to be serving me because I am God himself. I created you. He says, I have come to serve you. Yeah. That's the no, difference that's between law and gospel right there. Astonishing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, every other God, you, uh, hey, I'm coming, and you say, oh, boy. You know, can you imagine Zeus? Hey, I'm coming for dinner tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> we're, we're doomed. I mean, or Allah, you know, hey, I'm coming over. Oh, boy. But Jesus says, hey, I'm coming, and we say, God, be praised, because he comes with kindness. <laughs> yes, that's great. All right, well, we have just enough time for you to read your verse, and then we'll have to take a break. All right. Uh, and, they, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed with a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. Ah, that now, I, I guess I have more time. I figured you'd re read more than that, I guess. That's it. <laughs> um, now, I, I think, I'm just going on a limb here, I think this comes from one of the Gospels, either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Um, what? <laughs> it's recording the... But see, you're, you're tricky, because um, you know that the resurrection account is recorded in all four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So i got to hone in on what may be unique about this account and, uh, and figure that out. And I'm going to take the entire commercial break to do it. <laughs> so we'll be right back. You're listening to the one, the only Table Talk Radio, everyone's Lutheran favorite, sorry, <laughs> everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. If you have a question or comment for us, you can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-7652. Um, always send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, and visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. When we get back from this break, I'm going to try and figure out which book of the Bible this is in. And then I'm also going to be asking the question, is this telling me to do something, something that God demands of me? Does it show me my sin? Does it show forth God's wrath because I failed to keep God's uh, demands? Or is this gospel? Is it what God is doing for me? Is it promising me something, giving me life, salvation, forgiveness, uh, not demanding upon me, but rather promising to me? Then it would be gospel. I'll figure that out during this break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. And girl, the feeling's good. Oh, yes, it's late at night, and the feeling's right. 
Club World River, right? <laughs> Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Bible B is the game. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. If uh, Law and or Gospel is the other part of the super game, I guess we're playing. Mega um, game. All right, Pastor, I need this verse or verses again so I can determine whether it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. All right, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed with a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. So do you know what my strategy is Boom. here? Yep. What? No, I don't know. My hey, strat- wait a minute. Did I get 200 points for properly distinguishing law and gospel, bringing my total to 300 points? Well, I wrote it yes. down on my paper. I don't know if I told you or not. I did here. All right, I got it. Um, Next, your, your strategy? Please. My strategy is to guess and hope <laughs> in my 25% chance of getting it right. Yeah, because uh, I don't. I mean, you you do this because you have this little chart. It's probably somewhere on our website or elsewhere about uh, the differences and the similarities in the gospel text. Um, yeah, especially for the chronology of Holy Week and Easter, the chronology of Easter is really a tricky business. So you got to spend a bunch of time sorting that out. Uh, and to see what the dis- different gospel the writers are coming really from their own perspective. So each of the writers is engaged in this, uh, except for Luke. But Matthew, Mark, and John are all watching these events unfold. We think, and they're and they're so they're seeing it from a different angle. And you, to piece it all together creates a beautiful and wonderful story. But when you read it the first time, you're like, man, I I don't know who's going where. It's everything goes crazy on that first Easter morning. You said except for Luke. Yeah, Luke wasn't there. Luke wasn't. Luke oh, was. Uh, I see what you mean. He wasn't seeing these things, but we think that even Mark was in perhaps the the young man who uh, runs away from the garden naked, and it was his house where the events of the Last Supper are, occurred. You know, the upper room is the family of Mark. We, it's speculation, but seems pretty plausible. So that even Mark is watching these events unfold. So I'm going to go with. Uh... I was originally leaning towards Mark. Now, I know Mark doesn't quite have as much about the resurrection as the other Gospels. Um, but for some reason, the uh, it could be Matthew. I'm going to change it. I'm going to go to Matthew. What is Matthew? I like how you answered it with a question, though, just in case we were playing Jeopardy. That's what I do, yeah. Um, the answer is Mark. <laughs> oh, dang it. I was right the first time. So you have zero points. Now, that means you get zero points for law and or gospel, minute, but you minute, still get minute. to answer. That, that, that rule doesn't apply to you, me. Yeah, that, that's the rule that, that you made. That met. rule was invented so that you couldn't get points. <laughs> you don't it's get that rule? It's backfiring on me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, didn't I say Mark? I thought I said Mark. <laughs> yeah, you said You didn't ask I my thought final at first answer. Mark, <laughs> but I'm going to change it. That's how you said Mark. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Okay. Well, see, that way I don't look as foolish because I was I was on the hunch at least. You could say, well, yeah, that's right. You say, I think it's either Matthew or Luke, but I'm going to guess Matthew, <laughs> or you're, I'm going to guess John, and then you're like, no, it's Mark. <laughs> yeah. That's when you look bad. Although, I'll get this anyway. Even though it's like pro bono work, I'll give you the law or gospel thing. Okay. I'm ready. Um, this is gospel because it's not making the demands upon me that I have to do this or that because... Um, it's saying what Christ has done. He is risen from the dead. And because Christ is risen from the dead, I know that God the Father has accepted his sacrifice on my behalf. Um, that, that Here, Jesus is dying on the cross. He says, it is finished, meaning the, the work that necessary to make us right with God. And then in the resurrection, we show, it shows that, uh, that God has accepted that. Um, so it, when Christ is risen, we know that ah, my sins are forgiven. I'm reconciled to God, and that's none of that is in my hands. It's all in God's hands, in Jesus's hands. And because of His resurrection, I know that this is true. Yeah, well done. No points. <laughs> all right. I'll have Bible B question number two for we're not playing. We're not playing please. Jeopardy. You'll have, right. <laughs> Pastor Wilson likes to do these mega games. Um, but I'll keep them on the on path here. Your one clue for Bible B and not D- Table Talk Jeopardy is, and all your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. Hmm. Hmm. All of your sons will be taught of the Lord, and what? And the well-being of your sons will be great. Correct. Hmm. That sounds Old Testament-y, because just I can't remember it being in the New Testament. Oh, you know, the, it is a thing where the Old Testament is more interested in the generations. You know, we will proclaim your glory to the generations to follow. So the talk of the sons, even though it's there in the New Testament, it's especially strong in the Old Testament. Now, this reminds me a little bit of the uh, New Testament prophecy of Jeremiah, I will cause a New Testament, and no longer will they teach one another, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me. The Joel prophecy, which says, Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Remember that one? Joel 2, which quoted in Pentecost? Indeed. Uh, it also reminds me a little bit of of King Solomon the Wise, who teaches the children to be wise in the book of Proverbs. But I'm not sure. I think this is going to be more of a prophetic book. So I'm going to ask for the clue one more time, please, Evan. And all your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. See, I think this is just going to be a prophecy from the Old Testament of the New Testament, of the church, in fact. And uh, I don't know what it is, so I'm going to say, what is Isaiah? You don't have to put it in the form of a question. (laughs) Isaiah. You are right. <laughs> now, now for those for those just tuning in for the first time, when's the last time you got two correct answers in the game of Bible B? What are you talking about? I do it every time. Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah, right. I would have also Isaiah. accepted John chapter six. Oh, uh, which really? says, verse forty-five: uh, "It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me." Ah, Jesus nice. Said. Yeah, and he's quoting that Isaiah passage. What? It, where is it in Isaiah? Uh, Isaiah fifty four thirteen. Nice. That's perfect. So now the question is law and or gospel. Hmm. 
I think this is, uh, taking the John context, this is going to be gospel. So the special thing that we're taught from God is is the promise of the forgiveness of sins. Now, here is helpful. Remember this distinction we make in, the, in theology about the um, uh, natural revelation, the natural knowledge of God versus the revealed knowledge of God? So the natural knowledge of God is what we can get from reason, from science, from observation, from looking around. And we can know that there is a God, that he's good, and that he's big, and that he's mad at us for our sins. But that's about all. Now, the the revelation, the, the revealed knowledge of God, is all of the specifics that we can't know by nature, that the Lord himself has to teach us. And that is the depth of our own sin. That's part of our revealed knowledge. But more importantly, that God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, that Jesus is God in the flesh, and most importantly, that Jesus has died for our sins. That knowledge comes only from God himself and taught in the scriptures, in the preaching of the word, etc. So when it says they will be taught by God, this is why, this is what the Lord takes up to teach um, the law and the gospel, but especially the gospel and the forgiveness of sins. I'm curious, um, what, just in line with what you're saying, how does that compare with like First John that says uh, that you will not have teachers and this kind of a thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I'm still working on that. I don't know about that text. What do you think? I don't know either. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I don't think this is speaking against the idea of having pastors, even apostles. Um, But now I think that the the people have God's word for themselves. But um, the... Versus versus having waiting waiting on the prophet, uh, waiting on the prophet to come and reveal things to them from God. When the word has become flesh, they have that very thing themselves. I'm not yeah, sure that's if that's right. kind of what's going on. We we see it in the revelation of the scripture. We have the full counsel of God, and we also have the Holy Spirit in a in a in a special way, where the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh in the New Testament. So um, so the Holy Spirit uh, through the word is teaching us. Uh, uh, to to learn the ways of God, but it's a tricky text. Ready for your round? Ready. Here it is. Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Okay. Um, So this is talking about what is going on to Peter. I mean, this is... I'm pretty sure... In the course of Jesus' life, Peter was never imprisoned. We knew that we do know that John the Baptist was imprisoned, and um, and eventually beheaded. Uh, but the apostles themselves um, really only found um, themselves in prison for preaching the gospel. After the resurrection, they go out to um, and after the day of Pentecost, they go out uh, to all the world to preach the good news of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. And that is a message. That is hostile to the world. Now, you'd think, <laughs> this is particularly two of s- seminary graduates, you'd think that uh, just the world's going to love this thing, right? Like, here you have the message of forgiveness, and you say, oh, people are going to love this thing. Just wait till they hear it. And the reality is, is that in the preaching of the forgiveness of sins uh, is the implication, or the you might even say the preaching of the wholeness of God's Word is the preaching of the law, that you have sins, that you are... Uh, you have failures before God that need to be forgiven, and that is a message that the world is not so keen on, uh, and, and in fact hostile to. So that's what the apostles and Peter um, encountered in, dis- in preaching the gospel and find themselves in prison. 
So uh, this is going to be recorded after the Gospels, and I would say probably in the book of Acts. Is he right? <laughs> is that your yeah, name? I'm going to do what you normally do. All right. We'll check after the break. All right. Don't go away. You're on Table Talk Radio. We used to sing. Table Talk Radio. It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. Well, am I? Yes, you are. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Yes. You are correct. Rolling in points. Man, I hope the flammy gets back in the next 12 minutes. (laughs) I should crack my door open so we can hear the chaos happening in the room next door. I've been waiting for the air horn. I haven't heard it yet. I I know. Me too. Remember that time you had a buzzer for one of our games that (laughs) almost knocked me out of the chair? (laughs) I think think it was Iron Preacher. You were preaching. You were like in the zone, (laughs) preaching. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to happen. Just here in a few minutes. I hope it hap- I hope he walks. If we could time this, I would appreciate it. You can answer your Bible B question wrong right at the very moment that he walks through his office door. All right, we'll see. I'll I'll do my best uh, for you. You got Just that right, though. This- Peter was kept in prison, but the prayer was made for him by the church. Now this gives you the opportunity. Opens up the world of points to you. You get two hundred points for that. You get two hundred more points for law and gospel on this guy. So Peter was kept in prison, and prayers. prayer was made for him in the church. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, part of me thinks that this is a this is just a matter of history, and I mean it is a matter of history. Now, the fact that that um, Peter is in prison, um, and he's not in prison for breaking the law for tax evasion or anything like this. Uh, he's in prison for preaching the gospel. And um, and we, we in fact, rejoice in our sufferings. Now, so in insofar as we would have to be imprisoned and suffer persecutions for preaching of the gospel, is it, at the very least evidence that uh, there is sin in the world. Um, and in that sense, it's law. However, um, the... Uh, we we joyfully receive any suffering that we have uh, for the sake of Christ, um, and in that sense, in a weird way, it's it's gospel because we know that we suffer not because of our sins, but we suffer for the sake of Christ, and in, in that we gladly do so. So, in that sense, it would be both law and gospel. What do you think of that? I'll let you have it. Okay, I'll let you have it. So, in round three of Bible B, you get one word to try to guess which book of the Bible. And this is not so easy sometimes to figure out uh, a word that's only used one time in the Holy Scriptures, but I have one for you, Pastor Wolfner. Don't worry. Now, All right, I'm ready. This is going to be a piece of cake. This particular word I have in mind for you can either be used in the noun form or the verb form, and whichever way you go, yeah. it's used in only one book of the Bible, but different books of the Bible. So, would you prefer no. my word clue in the verb form or in the noun form? 
Oh, that's tricky. Hmm. Let's try to strategize. Can you we... tell me the word first, or do I have to? Uh, okay. I'll, I'm game. Look, look, look how generous I am. Right. Uh, the word that is, is generous. The word is joke or joking. Oh, joke or joking <laughs> is only used like, once, like in April the Bible. Fools. <laughs> Hey, that's nice. Yeah, see? What a great themed clue. <laughs> uh, joke. Joking would be the... Uh, what is that? That's yeah, a nominal which, verb. Which one I is don't even one? know what that is. That's a gerund. <laughs> and joke could be either a noun or a verb also. Weird. Uh, I'm going uh, 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 to go with the word Joke. Joke. Okay. Joke is what I'm going for. Where is joke in the now, Bible? <laughs> joke. Uh, um, hmm. Joke sounds like something that would be used in the in a poetic part of the text, or maybe a narrative part. Let's see. Joke, not a joke. I'm just thinking that I know the verse. That you sound like you're joke. having a stroke. I don't think it's going to be a obscure. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, I, I'm leaning towards the book of Esther, but you know what book has quite different poetry in the Bible where words come up that you don't really expect it, and that is the book of Job. Now, it might be strange that the book of Job would have the word joke in it, but I think that's right. That's what I'm going for. I'm going to say, I mean, maybe it's one of the minor, pro- I don't know, but I'm going to say the book of Job. You have got to be cheating. Are you cheating? <laughs> you are no. cheating. We need. I'm not cheating. Where's, no way am I not cheating. Man, that that to... is just pure Bible be genius no. right there. You have you pulled out the concerns. Yeah, I know. I'm not kidding. Hey, no, I'm just going to come out of right field Job. and guess Job. I don't... <laughs> oh Job is goodness. a different kind of book. Oh my god. There's a lot of singular words in Job. That's great. <laughs> All right. All right I'm Job 12:4. I am uh, a or sorry. Am I sorry. Let me try that again. Job 12:4. I am a joke to my friends, the one who called on God and he answered him, the just and blameless man is a joke. Oh man. So it's actually used Isn't twice in the Bible, something? but both in the same verse. In the same verse. Woo! Man. I'm reveling. Now, uh, the book of Job for law and gospel is a is a difficult book, but because here, so so Job has Job knows that his sins are forgiven, that he's righteous and upright because he he has the altar, right? I mean, that's what it says. His kids would have the party, and if they would have sinned, he goes and makes a sacrifice so that they would be covered. This is Job knows the forgiveness of sins, the righteousness of God is declared to him in the altar, but. Everything else in his life would declare to him his sinfulness and the wrath of God. So God comes and just demolishes him. And his friends come along with this earthly counsel and say, Job, you are, you are a sinner. You're despised by God. You're God's enemy. Look how bad things are for you. It's miserable. And Job is saying, yeah, I, it's true. It's true. Everything would testify to my sinfulness. But I know that that is not true. I know that my sins are forgiven. Uh, because of the altar. Now, at the end of the book of Job, he forgets that, and he claims his own righteousness, and then the Lord steps in and says, Whoa, Job, take it easy. <laughs> easy, buddy. Uh, Who are you joking, buddy? <laughs> uh, remember, everything comes from me. 
Right. All right. But I'm going to say that this is a testimony of his own suffering is uh, is going to be law. He's going to be really kind of confessing his his weakness and humiliation. Yeah. All right. I'll Bringing my total to the maximized unbelievable. points unbelievable. of 1,200 points. This is unprecedented, I ladies and gentlemen. I the first time. I mean, usually Pastor Wolfman doesn't even the get one. He's lucky to get law gospel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. Can, I can't believe it either. Let's That's see fantastic. if I can get the one out of 66 la- chance. I, I want to see if I can get my round three here. Ready? I'll give it to you. This is once in the King James. The word is resolved. Oh, yeah, resolved. Resolved. Yes, resolved appears in the Bible about one time or so. One time. At least in the King James. I think it appears more in other, other translations. One time. Remember, right? Yeah, um, I can check. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you if it's other places. Let me check on my uh, Ooh, nice. ESV Bible.org. Here. Yeah, yeah. Resolved. And uh, this is probably going to come up somewhere in the book of Psalms. So I'm going to go with Psalms. Yeah? Are you? Sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I must be Final right. answer? You're stalling. <laughs> you were stalling Wrong. for the air horn, weren't you? Come on, Flammy, come on. He's wrong. Open the door. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Books flying everywhere. The Flammy's going to go into recon mode. I'm going to see a little flashback yeah, from Iraq. You're going to be sorry. Uh, so I'm on air. I'm on air. So Don't the, punch me in the face. I'm on the air. The, jo- the joke is that... I'm going to keep my headphones on even if we're done recording. <laughs> so it looks like I'm recording. Yeah, so the joke is... Uh, so he can't go all Flammy uh, on Assistant me. pastor there... Uh, is a what like a former Green Beret Associate. or something? Oh, sorry, Associate Pastor. <laughs> yeah, he's like a Green Beret or he was a Navy a Seal or Marine something like Marine that. Recon. Marie, Marine Marine Recon. Recon. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah, the falling yeah. of the books is gonna like take him back to wartime zone, and <laughs> he's gonna be looking for the LZ calling down the heli. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, he's got, but it's he's got like true. war paint on. He's at air. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be resolved. Remember how we're playing Bible? Oh, yeah. That's, it comes in the King James in Luke 16, verse 4. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of my stewardship, they will receive me into their house. So he called every one of the master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said, sit down and make oh, it 50. This is the unfaithful uh, servant. Or what's yeah, that? Now, the, I'm the looking at the student. other ones in the ESV. It comes up in Daniel, Matthew, and Acts. So ah. you were wrong on all accounts. Well, in that section, that's kind of a tough section to play law gospel with. Um, I mean, well, so I'm going to take the the parable as a whole. At the end, the the master yep. says commends him for being so shrewd. And this is sort of a tough parable to to explain and diagnose in 20 seconds. But uh, in the end of the day, the this the steward who knew that the the axe was coming down puts all of his eggs in the basket of knowing that the master is going to be gracious to him and not angry with him. And that's where he puts uh, all of his trust. And that, so he's commended. So I'm going to say in the whole scheme of things, that's gospel. Yes, I'll give it to you all right. for no points. Check us out at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio.
where the points are like ladies' night at Club Rogue River. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is See, not for relevant. everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk I Radio. Hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, uh, and like putting an tumors, air horn under an extra internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. <laughs>